Welcome to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon, where our mission is bringing the good news and demonstrating the kingdom. Join us live for worship and the word Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We hope you are encouraged and equipped by this week's word with our guest speaker, Keith Kerner. wanted to share something really personal with you guys this morning. Some of you know me, know some stuff about me, but I just felt like I just wanted to share something. I'm sort of fearful to actually share this because of how you may view me after I say this. Um, But I'm just going to say it. I hate garage sales. I hate garage sales. I hate them. It's true. I cannot stand garage sales. So I have some family, some brother and siblings. Actually, they love them so much that that is part of their livelihood. They go to garage sales, find treasures, treasures, and then they resell them, and they make money off of them, and they've actually made a lot of money. When I go to garage sales, I hate them. It is a bunch of junk that I know that people are just trying to get rid of so that they don't have to take it to the dump. So there's all this stuff that's sitting there that they think that I want to buy. There's an old tennis racket with like some of the strings missing and a lawnmower with one of the wheels that's gone and a set of dishes that are not actually a set. They're like mismatched and they get chips out of them and stuff. Why would I want to buy a bunch of that stuff? I know that it's going to the dump if some of us don't buy it. And yet, there's a bunch of people milling around and they're looking at all this stuff and they find something. So this is what I hate too. They'll find something. It's like brand new, still in the box, It's like, let's say it's $50 at Walmart. It's in the box, and it's priced for 5 bucks at the garage sale. People have the nerve to go up to the person that's doing the garage sale, and they say, all I have is $2. Can you take $2 for this? And they pull out a $10 bill and give it to the person doing the hosting the garage sale. Like, are you kidding me? You stinking cheapskate. What are you thinking? I hate it. I hate all that stuff. I hate all that bartering. I hate all the the feeling of the garage sale. I hate just the bickering and the, the prices are all screwy. I hate people trying to get something for less than what it's really worth. I hate that. So that has nothing to do with, a lot of hate, has nothing to do with my sermon. I just wanted to tell you guys that. So what should we talk about today? Oh, here's what we should talk about. I like coupons. Okay, first off, who says coupons and who says coupons? Let's go for the coupons first. Okay. So I assume the rest of you either say coupons or they don't like them. All right. So I like coupons. So coupons are cool. Okay. 
Coupons are different than garage sale stuff. <laughs> Coupons give us the ability to get stuff that we need at a lower price. So for those of you that are watching online that aren't from around here, we have a grocery and department store called Fred Meyer that is very popular here in the big city of Albany. Fred Meyer is a great store. Fred Meyer was founded by my friend Frederick Grubmeyer. So Frederick Grubmeyer created the store and the chain, and he uh, decided to call the store Fred Meyer instead of Frederick Grubmeyer because that goes easier. So he has this chain. Our friendship with Fred Meyer has grown closer because we spend so much money. So Frederick, he was my friend from a distance, but he sees how much money we spend. <clears throat> so now he's truly my friend. So if Frederick, he's so nice, he sends me these letters in the mail, okay? So he sends me these things and says, thank you so much for shopping at my store. I really appreciate you. And he will um, tell me these nice things. Um, and he's a, he's a jokester. Sometimes he'll go, dear valued customer, because he, you know, he likes to joke around with me so much. So Mr. Valued Customer here, a few days ago, Mr. Frederick, he would send, sometimes with these letters, he would send a coupon for like, I don't know, something crazy, like 20 cents off of toothpaste or something. Like, wow, you are such a friend. And I would go, wow, I got 20 cents off of toothpaste. What a deal. Then he started sending me more coupons, like avocados, 60 cents off of an avocado. My whole family is like, yeah, because we buy a lot of avocados. So we get avocados, get a bunch of those. You actually save a few dollars. But then, my dear friend Frederick, every once in a while, he'll send me something like really cool, just because he loves me. So the other day, he sent me, no joke, this is legit, he sent me a coupon for something unbelievable. So I'm going to show it to you. This is true. He sent me this coupon in the mail. So for those of you that cannot see this, those of you at home, can you see that there? Ken, can you read what that says? That says free one Doritos chips, 9 to 15 ounces. Are you kidding me? A whole bag of Doritos? Does anybody like Doritos? Only a few of you? What is the matter with you? We were going to pray at the end of this service. Doritos are legit. A free bag of Doritos. This is an actual coupon. This is not Photoshopped. This is legit. We got this in the mail. A really big letter in the mail. A few days ago. Expires in the 5th. I better get to the store. Not really. This big bag of, or this big piece of paper says free bag of chips on it. If you shopped at Fred Meyer, that's like 
$15 for a stupid bag of chips nowadays, right? Oh, ga or gas prices, yes, gas prices are up. Uh, but food prices are up. This is a lot of money at Fred Meyer. And I get this whole thing for free. So Frederick, in his nice letter to me, he says, take this coupon down to my store and I'll give you this bag of chips for free. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so he said, I'll cover the full cost of those perfectly good bag of Doritos. So someone in the coupon world thought, coupons are a cool idea. This is a great idea. Somehow, I can give you this piece of paper, and you'll give me something for either less price or completely free. Someone is covering for the price of those Doritos. It costs me nothing, and I get a delicious bag of chips. But if this coupon is sitting there, it does me no good. The only time it's going to do me any good, I pick this thing up, and I go down and see my friends at Fred Meyer. It's by me redeeming this coupon, giving it to them, that it's actually of any value. The redeeming says, the meaning of that is, the act of exchanging a coupon, voucher, or token representing a certain amount of money for goods or services. I make the great exchange. So, I did that. So I take my coupon, I say to my family, I'm going on a journey, and I take off and I go to the store. And I go into Fred Meyer, and I'm like, where's my friend Frederick? He's busy in the back or something. But all his personal assistants are happy to help me. And I go up to them and I go, hey, look, look, look what Frederick gave me. He gave me this. Look at this. I get a bag of chips for free. And I'm like dancing around. And I give it to him. And they're like, oh, okay. And so I give them that. And they give me this. So, Ken. Here you go. Just grab that just for a second. You know what? My daughter, Destiny, she just got married. And this is like one of her favorite things. So this is my wedding gift to you. <laughs> hold, on, hold on to it for just a second. You guys over in the cheap seats. Here, Justin, you can start this party off. Here, we'll, no, not to Ron. Ron will eat them all. We'll give them to Diane. <laughs> okay, okay, these are, not, these are not actually for you, okay? For you individually. I want you to open. Oh, man, that's like exercise right there. Uh, open that bag of chips. Grab a few. You're going to get to share them. Pass them to kind of your group there because I'm going to tell a story. Actually, I'm going to tell two stories. And what's better when you're telling stories than to have your favorite snack and 
do not chomp on them or I will take them away. <laughs> Close your mouth when you chew. My goodness. All right, so grab a few, pass them on to people behind you. And you know what? I'm going to tell you a little story. <laughs> I'm going to tell a little story. You know what? We never sit in these chairs, but I'm going to sit in this chair. How's it going there, Aaron? I'll tell you guys a little story. Let's scoot this back. Does it look like my head is in the... Uh, okay. All right. I'll tell you guys a story. Everybody getting their chips? Or destiny eat them all? All right. Hold on. All right, I'm going to tell a couple stories. Uh, these are actually serious stories. Actually, they are. These are based on real life. And uh, sometimes real life is painful. It's a little ugly. Sometimes there's hurt in there. Sometimes there's just junk because life, you know? So you guys that are at home watching this, you guys here, I just want to share a couple of true stories. Um, these are not people from this church, so I'll have to try to figure out who it is. Um, so there's a, a, a gal named Ray, and um, she grew up in a pretty well-to-do city, town, town, and um, uh, the city was nice, um, but her family, over a period of time, they uh, started running into some financial issues, and they accumulated a massive amount of debt. And they were to a point where they just couldn't figure out what to do. And it was causing a lot of stress, a lot of problems in the family. They didn't know what to do. And um, so one day, Ray, who is now a teenager, uh, she hears her parents. Ken, you're supposed to share those with other people there. Ah, came back. All right. Um, so she hears her parents arguing, having a spirited conversation. And uh, they talking about something, but she doesn't know what it is. And her mom leaves just crying. And the next day, her, her dad uh, introduces her to a man. And then she, he says, I want you to just go with this man. And 
this man gives her dad a bunch of money. And she goes with this man, and he rapes her. And she is 14 years old. And this happens again. And this happens again. And men come to her dad and give, them, give him money so that they can have sex with his daughter. And uh, she tried to adjust. She tried to go along with it. She tried to play along with it, pretend like it's okay. Her parents needed money, and this was their way to get money. And she tried to justify it, and like, well, it helps the family. But inside, obviously, she was very hurt. She was very ashamed. She felt very unloved and trapped. And so one day, a man finished his business, rolls off of her and calls her a whore and tells her to get out. She's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't. And she was going to end her life. And I'm not going to tell you how this story ends right now, because I'm going to tell you another story. About a guy named Jake. Uh... Jake was in, a, was in a family that loved God. They were well off. They were um, not a family without issues, though. And um, Jake, even though he was in this family, he was a con man. He didn't tell the truth. He lied. He scammed people, ripped them off. He even ripped off his brother big time. He just like, he didn't have, I don't know, the self-control to just keep from just being a snake. And so he lied and he cheated, made stuff up. His family was a mess, too. Even though they loved God, things were not right uh, in the family. His mom did some of the same stuff. His uncle did some of this kind of stuff, too. And as time went on, uh, these problems got bigger and bigger. And Jake began to actually fear for his life. Uh, his brother was really angry. His uncle, too. 
And Jake was wondering really what was going to happen. He was fearing they might actually try to kill him. And so he was in huge trouble. Here's the thing. Deep down, Jake knew that he was a snake. He knew he was just a real dirtbag. And he knew this stuff. And he hated himself for that. He just, like, this, who I am is just horrible. So his brother, his uncle, these people that he's ripped off, hate him. And really, he hates himself too. Here's the crazy part. Remember, he's in this well-to-do family. He has, like, wealth. He has favor from God. How does that even work when you're getting blessed and you're just a jerk? And really, what that made Jake is feel even worse about himself because he knew that he didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve all that favor, all that wealth, all that stuff in his life. So finally, Jake is at the end of his rope. He's like, I cannot live like this. I have, like, damaged every relationship that I have. I have hurt people that I love the most. I, something has to change. He had this inner turmoil, and he knew what was right, and yet he didn't do it. And he couldn't get past his mistakes, couldn't get past his character flaws, couldn't get past his weaknesses, and he felt just completely unworthy. Cool stories, huh? Some serious stories. Like, man, don't tell me any more stories. Those are depressing. Remember when I was talking about garage sales a little while ago? So about a bunch of junk that's on the garage sale. That's what Ray and Jake felt like. They felt like their garage sale material, like ready to be kicked to the curb, ready to be thrown in the dump pile of life. That's how they felt of who they were in their lives. Here's a the cool part of the story, wouldn't want this to end on a depressing note here. God broke in to both of their lives, and he provided this back here, a coupon that says he would pay full price for their freedom from the junk that they have been in. Think of the most successful, the most put together, the most valuable, the most amazing, the most 
incredible person that you know of. Okay? God says, I'll pay the same price for their lives, for their freedom, as I would for this amazing person. God said that about Ray and about Jake. And then he goes, I'll even top that. Have you ever been to someone's house where uh, they have like the family photos on the wall and you see the kids and you see the parents and you see the uncles and aunts and you see the grandparents and you see this whole lineage? Anybody been to a house like that? Or maybe that's your house? So it's awesome to see, and it, they put that there in the house because they're proud of their parents and their grandparents and their great-great-grandparents and all that. And so you see this, like, lineage. So God, um, says, you know what? I will do that with Ray and Jake. If you haven't figured this out, those of you that uh, have been around church for a while, Ray is short for Rahab. Jake is short for Jacob. These are two people that are in the Bible. You may not have recognized their story. This is their story. And God said, you know what, Jacob and Rahab? You are worth everything, and I am proud of you, and I'm going to put you up on the wall. Right there, that's my great-great-great-grandma Rahab. That's my great-great-great-grandpa Jacob. In the family lineage of Jesus, the greatest person who ever walked the earth is Ray and Jake. Proudly displayed by the king of the universe saying this is the heritage and this is the history and this is someone who I see of great value and he proudly puts it up there for all of us to see. Life circumstances had threatened to destroy Precious Ray. She was almost taken out by those things. But God redeemed her. She married into a great family. She was restored. She was saved from destruction. She lived out her days in honor and dignity. Jacob made things right with his family, had great favor on his life and brought forth a great nation. God says, look, I'm going to take this person who had some issues, who had some stuff happen, who had some struggles, who had some weaknesses, who had some character flaws, who had horrible things done, whatever. I'm putting them on display and I'm saying that I am proud of them. And look at this. The one who ripped off his brother and his dad, the deceiver of many, the whore, the prostitute, the poor sad soul, 
nearly destroyed by life. But I have redeemed them and brought them into wholeness of life. Is that amazing or what? Who, honestly, in this room, if you had a Rahab and a Jacob, a Ray and a Jake, that's in your family lineage, who, honestly, would put their pictures up on the wall? God says, I'm, these are mine. I love these dearly. So that's great about them. Uh, there are people that are in this room. There are people that are watching this online. This may be a little bit along the lines of your story. You got some stuff, have some struggles, have some stuff in the past, and you go, you know what? That disqualifies me from being one of those photos on the wall. I got too much junk. I got too much baggage. I don't deserve anything of greatness. And your past and your flaws, they haunt you. And you disqualify yourself from what God has for you. Disqualify yourself from letting him work in you in a powerful way. Or, you could be here in this room, could be watching this online, and you don't really have a relationship with God. And you look at yourself, and all this stuff of who you are and your past, and you go, I can't stand myself. You feel like it's too much, like you're a lost cause, like too much. So I stumbled on this song really recently by a singer named Jelly Roll, which is very amusing to me. And it's called Save Me. And Maybe this applies. Maybe this is what resonates with you. So I'm going to read a few lyrics. I'm not going to sing it. Sorry. I've spent so long living in hell. Sorry, let me start over. Somebody saved me from myself. I've spent so long living in hell. They say my lifestyle is bad for my health. It's the only thing that seems to help. All this drinking and smoking is hopeless, but it feels like it's all that I need. Something inside of me is broken. I hold on to anything that sets me free. I'm a lost cause. Baby, don't waste your time on me. I'm so damaged beyond repair. Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams. I'm a lost cause. Baby, don't waste your time on me. I'm so damaged beyond repair. Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams. And I heard that song. I'm like, it made me just want to cry. Like, no! No, you are not a lost cause. There is nothing too far away that can separate you from God's love. You are not a lost cause. 
You have incredible value. All this stuff that's just pulling on you and saying, no, I'm worthless, I'm a piece of garbage, I'm ready for the dumpster of life. It's not true. It's a lie. Where you've given up on yourself, God has not given up hope on you. He saw Ray in a horrible situation. He saw Jake in a horrible situation. He says, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to set them free. Some people in this room or you're watching online, you need to hear this. You are not damaged beyond repair. Let me say it again. You are not damaged beyond repair. This is what Jesus does. He comes and he takes our broken down mess and he restores us. He redeems us. He sets us free. That's the whole thing. That's, it's not about religion and do's and don'ts. It's, he's saying, I'm going to take your mess and I'm going to give you something good. Full price. He restores our lives. He brings value and importance and a sense of belonging that we've never had before. He wipes that shame away and replaces it with humility and grace and uh, compassion for people who've been in a similar situation. He redeems and he restores and he sets things right. That's good news. That's like really good news. When you feel lost, beyond repair. This is good news. So he changes who we are as a person. So Jake, Jacob, his name, that was horrible, his name actually means deceiver. Okay? So Jacob gets to the end of his rope, the story that I was talking about, and he's like wrestling with himself, and he wrestles with God. He's like, this is not right. I don't like who I am. I hate this. You have to change me. I've destroyed everything, and I've destroyed all my relationships. You have to change me. And he has this like wrestling encounter thing with God. God says, you're right. I'm going to change your name. And he changes his name to Israel. Now, Israel means one who wrestles with God. It, ironic, huh? It doesn't mean, oh, the great perfect one. It means the one who wrestles with God. No longer is he a deceiver. He becomes one who learns about the struggle and the tension and the challenge of surrendering our lives to Jesus. Where we want in our own selfish nature to do what we want, and then there's this struggle inside, like, no, 
I must yield my life and surrender to him. He gets it. He becomes that person who struggles. And this is what I find interesting in the Bible. If you read throughout, wherever it's mentioned, because they'll say, like, the God of Jacob and the God of, or sorry, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of, sometimes they'll say Israel, sometimes they'll say Jacob. Anybody notice that? It's like interchangeable. Sometimes it's Jacob, sometimes it's Israel. Like, why is that? I believe the Lord is letting us know, I'm the God of the deceiver, and I'm the God of the one who's learning to trust in me. Wherever you are at in life, I will be your God. There's a pattern throughout the Bible, whether that's Ray or Jake or King David or Abraham or Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, any, anybody in the Bible, pretty much it's this. Matthew, uh, Paul, the jailer, all these guys. They are in this place of something is either life circumstances or really bad choices or bad character issues, whatever it is. They're in a bad place. And God comes in and says, ah, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change you. It's all throughout Scripture. If you just step back and see a big picture here, this is what he does. He says, I'll take your mess and I'll redeem you. They all had major faults, made major mistakes, and all of them, when confronted with the ugliness inside, allowed God to redeem them full price and make them into mighty men and women of God. What a deal. So today can be your day, whether you're discounting yourself for past circumstances or character issues or failures or anything else that makes you feel like you don't measure up to some standard that you have put in place yourself, today that can change. Today, have all those lies, all those struggles, all those things in your head that are going through your head again and again today. You can have those lies broken off of you. You allow Jesus to fully redeem you and set you free. Can I be really real with you? Both Ray and Jake, I can really identify with them. I'm not like exactly like them. I'm not a prostitute, and I try not to be a deceiver. That's not the thing, but in general, there's been stuff in my life that have like, it's made me feel just broken. 
not just like sad broken, but broken, broken. And there's stuff that's in my character or personality or whatever. Man, I hate. I hate it. It's like this stuff screws up my life. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe there's a few others in the room that's like, ah, I see a little bit of Ray in me. I see a little bit of Jake in me, if we're honest. Like, so I stand with you, not any better, not any worse. We're in this together. So we could feel like prostitutes or deceivers and bound up in our past and our mistakes. Here's the thing. We could allow those things to just grip us. I'm not saying anything about your physical location here. But sometimes we let those things bind us up and we disqualify ourselves and we sit in the figurative back and we go, you know what? I can't play in the game because I'm too screwed up. I can't play in the game. I, I can't really do anything because I have all this stuff from my past. So yes... I'm forgiven, yes, I'm saved, yes, I'm whatever. But you cut yourself short. You go, you know what? Too much baggage. I will never be really valued. I will never be, like, completely whole. And we sell ourselves short. We sell our church short. We sell our destiny short. So we hide out at home, away from it all. Some of you watching this right now, that's literally what you're doing. You're hiding out from what God has for you because of something that's been in your past or something that's of a weakness. God's saying, I want to redeem you and set you free. In this room, there are people that need to be placed in their place of honor with your picture on the wall. God says, I'm proud of you. He wants you to see your worth as he sees it. He wants you to wipe off the shame, embarrassment, self-hatred. and Get a sense of self-worth instilled from him. So, Keegan, I have a couple of verses. If you could put these uh, up on the screen. This is Isaiah 43, the first few verses. And I know this is talking about Israel as a nation, but Israel as a nation really represents us as people. God's dearly loved. In fact, it says that we are grafted in uh, with Israel. So, 
take this as being read personally to you. But now, God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You are mine. Next. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Next. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior, I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. One more. That's how much you mean to me. That is how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation just for you. Could you put this back to verse 1 and then just leave it there? This is what God says. I, I just can't believe this. Sometimes I'll read scriptures like, are you kidding me? This is like too good to be true. It says, you deceiver. You who struggles with me. I've redeemed you. You are priceless. I'd sell the whole world just so that I could have you. That's each one of us. What great value that he has and great love that he has for each of us. God calls Jacob, calls him Jacob, he calls him Israel. He reminds him that he's been redeemed and greatly valued by God. And today, God is calling you by the name that you call yourself. And he's also calling you by the name that he sees you as. And he says, I see your incredible worth. You are mine, and I dearly love you. You know, this coupon for chips was great. I hope you enjoyed your chips. That coupon there, God has one for us. It says, free life, hope, restoration. He gives us one full of life, wholeness, peace, joy, relationship with him in exchange for our broken down, messed up, shameful lives. That's a way better deal than my friend Frederick Grubmeyer can do. Could I have uh, the prayer team, maybe the worship team, or at least portion of the worship team? Um, uh, worship team, 
and their worship team sets. And then prayer team, if you guys could come up here. I would like a, just a time of prayer. Um, if this is applicable to you, those of you that are watching online, this is very applicable to you right now, uh, where you are at. You know, everything can just change in an instant. Ray and Jake got to a place where they said, I'm at the end of my rope, and God broke in. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. Today's the day God can break in. This is a turning towards God, a surrender of all of our worthlessness, all of our shame, and accepting his plans for our lives. So there's two kinds of people here that this could um, apply to. You could already be a believer, a follower of Jesus, and yet shame, unworthiness, concern about the past, hang-ups, whatever it is, just figuratively put us in the back row. We're like, nah, I'm just going to I'm just going to hang here until Jesus comes. So we hold back, really, from all that he has for us. We can't see all the things that he wants for us, all the blessing, all the goodness, all the favor, all those things that we know we don't deserve. And we, like, just try to punish ourselves. Say, no, nah, I'm going to hold back because I don't deserve all that goodness. So if that's you, our team here wants to pray. We can break off some of that and you can see and just accept God's redeeming grace for you. Second um, kind of person would be that you know that you've made a mess of your life. You don't have a real relationship with God. You feel like a lost cause, like that song just described you. And you know it's time that you let Jesus lead your life. Today's your chance to surrender and to let him redeem you. There's no judgment here. We're all a mess in some way or another, if we're honest. No one in this room has all their ducks in a row. It is completely by the grace of God that we're here. So this isn't any judgment. You shouldn't feel any shame. None of that. This is an opportunity just to be free. I wanted to just add a third group to... I don't want to. I feel the Lord. Um, you know, the two examples that Keith gave are really extreme. But you said something in um, Ray's story about her family, and I, that just stuck with me the entire time you were speaking. And it was the words, pile of debt. And um, 
I actually feel like the Lord wants to set some people free from shame and actually break you out of the bondage of debt. Um, emotional debt, but like literal financial debt. And um, because everything that Keith shared this morning is applicable to all of us. And so some of those things in our story, um, I'm telling you, as someone who has been in a pile of debt before, it is not the way that God has called us to live. And it keeps you from stepping outside and being who you are meant to be. And we are meant to be free. And as someone who has been freed from a pile of debt, I'm just telling you, there's freedom for you. And there's shame that is meant to be broken off in Jesus' name because of what he has done because of everything that Keith just shared. And so that might even feel like a shameful thing to respond to. But I'm telling you, you can be free from a pile of debt, financial debt. There is a bondage that some of us have been carrying because our kids aren't serving God, and so we feel disqualified. These are just like words that came to me. You feel disqualified, so you sit on the bench because you have a pile of debt because your kids aren't serving God. Because of offense that you caused that you never cleaned up. Not the kids, I'm talking now, this is the third thing. I, these were just like words of knowledge that were coming to me of things that people are carrying in the room. And probably some of us have all done it, but I feel like some, someone is here that caused an offense that caused major broken relationship and you never cleaned up your mess. And so you've been punishing yourself. And then there's one more. It's just an addiction that nobody knows about. I don't know what the addiction is. But God wants to set you free. And so this is like doing business with God stuff this morning. And anybody that comes forward, whether it's just you want to be free for whatever reason, there is no shame. There is no judgment. We have all been, I think any single person can relate with any of those things that were shared this morning. But don't leave here this morning not cashing in what has been paid for. There's no reason to. There's no reason. That doesn't mean we don't have to walk out the stuff when we leave, but we are doing it in a new perspective, like even what Karen was saying this morning, with a new lease on life, with a helper, with an acknowledgement, where we lay our burdens down and we actually trade them in for someone who can help us. So if you're any of these things, just honestly, we will not look, we will not judge. Just run to the front and get free. Why wouldn't we? Thanks for listening to Jesus Pursuit's weekly sermon. If you would like to be a part of seeing people encounter God, experience transformation, and be equipped to advance the kingdom, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving at jesuspursuit.org forward slash give. Together, we can make Jesus famous in Albany, the Northwest, and the nations. We hope you have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time.